So what is going on, guys? Um, welcome back to another episode of the Blue Crew podcast. We are once again joined by another very special guest. Um, last week we had Matisse on, but this guy is known more for his work on TV uh, and the Football Daily and the Saturday social shows on Sky. Um, without further ado, welcome, Zach. How are you doing today? Uh, thank you, mate. That was, a, that was a really nice intro. I appreciate all the kind words. No, I'm good. Thank you, mate. I'm good. Um, the weather is hot. We can't go outside just yet, but it's decent. It's decent. Thank you for having me, boys. So, well, I, I do hope we're not keeping you inside. <laughs> oh, no, trust me. It's not you, boys. <laughs> now, I'm also obviously joined this week once again by Luca. How are you? All right. Thank you, Tom. Very uh, good. I believe you, you've been keeping yourself play, busy playing some FIFA, and we, are, we will get on to that, I think, a little bit later. If <laughs> questions maybe around FIFA. Just, just to start with, like, what, what have you been up to? Uh, Zach, really? Like, um, well, past couple of days, what was that? What I've been up to? Um, I actually met some friends in a park. Thankfully, it was two meters socially distance. But um, <laughs> yesterday, that was that was pretty good. It felt felt a bit more like normality was coming back. Um, I've been playing FIFA. Um, played foot uh, champs. That was interesting um, and stressful. Uh, <laughs> what else have I doing? Yeah, recording, talking about football, editing about football. Reading up on football, just constant football, mate. That's my that's my life, to be honest. So, like, how how has your job sort of changed? Um, obviously, during lockdown, and like, if you just sort of give us an outline, maybe of what like maybe your day to day thing is, and then what changes at the weekend, and then compare that to what you're doing at the moment. Sure, sure, yeah. So, um, in terms of how it's different to lo- uh, to before lockdowns and now, to be honest, it kind of isn't. Like, we've been able to have quite a smooth um transition because obviously we a lot of what we do is on youtube meaning anything that we shoot we can just send to each other through um email or we transfer or any other kind of transferring um website so in terms of that we've been quite fortunate and quite lucky um that we're able to do it like if anything it felt it felt more like we make youtube videos now than ever before because before we used to do them in our offices whereas now we're all doing them from our bedrooms um so yeah no it's been it's been pretty smooth um but as for my as for my day-to-day well like it, it can change so sometimes it means that i have to write some stuff sometimes it means i have to edit a video which could take all day um then sometimes cut things out for um, other social platforms like instagram and instagram and snapchat um, and then in between all that there's a couple of other like shoots or like vo's that i've got to do throughout the day and that's just like the football daily stuff then if um say chelsea want me at the moment then I'll have to uh, also record some extra for them and send them that footage as well. So, I mean, my internet, touch wood, has taken a right beating at the moment, but it's all right at the moment. Uh, yeah, Zach, I was really interested to know how you managed to get... Uh, oh, you obviously did the Out of the Blue show on, on YouTube, which I was a big fan of. I followed that quite well. I was oh, just wondering, you. how did you get approached to be on the show? Because that's uh, not something that comes around every day. Yeah, opportunity. yeah, yeah. It was a it was a weird one to be honest. Um, so I saw something on Twitter saying um, uh, we're looking for some Chelsea fans for like an, a a show, like an episode thing for YouTube. And I was like, support Chelsea. I do YouTube for a living. Like these are my perfect worlds. And it said like email a video of yourself to this email address. It was like a casting agency. So I was like, oh, you know what? Just screw it. I'll I'll, I'll do it. 
um, emailed this this video of me just saying hi, I'm Zach Jalab. It was like 20 seconds. I post football videos on YouTube. We have a lot of people watch them. It's all it's all good fun. Um, and then they got back to me and were like, oh, we'd love you to come in for an audition. And I was like, okay, never done an audition before in my life. Uh, dropped theatre, dropped drama when I was like in year eight. Um, <laughs> or got kicked out of it, I should say. But, but um, like did actually. <laughs> but uh, yeah, and so I, I turned up to this random casting agency thing. Never been in this scenario in my life. They're like, I'm, I'm reading the paper and it says agent's name, agent's number. I'm just crossing that out because I don't have that. Um, and just like I'm surrounded by a couple of other people. Like, so that's where I saw Dan. I saw Dan at that time. I'd also seen um, a few other people that I'd known in YouTube. But m- majority of it was like these theatre school kids and I was like this isn't my isn't my scene nothing against them at all but it's just very um different to what I'm normally used to uh and so they like they sat me down and were like talk about why you like Chelsea spoke about why I like Chelsea mentioned how like growing up John Terry was my hero the reason why I played centre-back uh, and the reason why I supported Chelsea um and then yeah so I left I left that day I was like ah, I mean I've done the best I could have never never been in that scenario before if nothing happens and it was just a nice experience um and then I got a call back like the day or two after being like they really liked you um would you like to come in again for like this round two auditions or whatever um and so a couple of days later I went to the round two auditions it's the same kind of thing but instead of it being individual it was in groups um and I'd actually never I don't think I did anything with Portia or Dan during that group um but in the other people that I was with, they seemed to like me enough to then put me onto the pilot of the show with Dan and Portia. And then it's just kind of luckily um, kind of spiraled into what it, what it is now, thankfully. Touch wood, it, it, it continues. Yeah, I, I really enjoyed it. And it must have been weird, uh, like seeing the, when you were, when the players started coming into the episodes, it must have been so weird, like seeing them for the first time going, wow, did you like expect that they were, did you expect them to be like they were? Were they what um... you expected of them? I think for me personally, it was a little bit different because I'd already been working in football for several years. I'd I'd kind of maybe got over that bit of, oh, my God, it's a footballer kind of thing. Um, however, like there was still a very start where it was like, oh, this is like this is Tammy Abraham. This is Mason Mount. Like, these are like icons that, that are in the making at Chelsea right now. Um, I think the one the one where I was pretty nervous was Torres. Because that was like the kid inside me going like, oh my God, this is Fernando Torres. <laughs> you know, the, the, the champ, the great, one of the greatest Champions League moments ever. Um, so, so in that terms, like, I, was, I was not too bad in that front. I'm not someone who gets very nervous around people. I, I kind of just say like, now, maybe a couple of years ago, I would have been more so. Um, but because I've been in this industry now for a little bit, um, for a little bit of time, I'm, um, I've been able to kind of get past that. But um, yeah, even now when I see them around training ground, I'm just talking to them casually. There is part of me like I, I sit there sometimes, just like how how am I just talking to these boys? Like like, like they're just normal mates. And sometimes around like lunch, like they've um, they've uh, spoke, they've like come over and that. It's it's quite um, it's quite odd. And every time, every now and again, where I'm at an event or whatever, and they're there as well, we always end up chatting. It's just a bit weird that like <laughs> they're also scoring all these goals on TV, and I have to talk about them, and then they just casually know who I am. So, like, it seems pretty surreal, you know. It's like the dream job for a Chelsea fan. You know, obviously not not every reporter or every sort of journalist on a football club and correspondents don't, you know, support their teams. Mm. You know, Matt Law has a lot to do with Chelsea. He's an Aston Villa fan. That sort of thing. <laughs> but for you, a Chelsea fan working with Chelsea players, 
it's just that that's unreal. But were there like any I don't know bumps along the road or anything that just sort of made you go, oh, I don't know if I like this or not. So far, so far, so good. You know, like I've not. It's it's been it's been quite smooth sailing. Um, it, even throughout the whole of my my career, like I, for me personally, it was always. I really wanted to get into YouTube and then I did that. And then once the Chelsea thing came along, everything has always been like, oh my God, this is like unbelievable. Every Everything I take is like with a bit of a pinch of salt and say, I've got to try and enjoy this now. Like, I think especially when I get older, I'll kind of look back at it and be like, you were presenting for Chelsea <laughs> and not quite real. Cause I think at the moment I'm just kind of doing it and like, I mean, and enjoying it hundred percent, but not maybe quite realizing the magnitude um, of what, what I am doing. But um, no, no, weirdly, yeah, weirdly, there's there's not been um, too many bumps in the road. Like e- even like when sometimes we'll be doing questions with interviews. Maybe you ask you ask a question which you're like, ah, oh, that maybe that didn't get the best response. But normally, normally the players, especially at Chelsea, they're all they're all very good on camera and um, they know how to kind of make a video quite exciting and quite interesting. So um, no, yeah, it's it's all, it's all been pretty good. It's all been pretty good. Yeah, so you did. You just spoke there about, you know, the fact that you're you're enjoying it so much now. When you're older, you might look back on it. And <laughs> it might look a little bit crazier from you know when you're a bit older. But is there like, is it just day by day you take it and you just go right? I'm just going to embrace it, enjoy. Yeah. Got at the moment, or are you looking to go right? Maybe I go further. Maybe I go higher into the club. You know, I don't know. Maybe get involved in more presenting. The sky is there. I don't know, like, what are your sort of aims and goals? So I always, I always have, I'm always looking to the future and hoping for, like, I want to do this. And like, I'd love to one day be able to have something that is my, my own show on, on TV or something like that. Um, that would be, that'd be quality. Um, but I think you, at the same time, you also have to take it day by day with this kind of um, work. Because if you'd have told me a year ago that I would have been doing stuff with Chelsea, I would have told you you're lying. It's not, it's not going to happen. Um, and 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 it, and it has happened, and it's this kind of I can't I can't necessarily look too far because you just never know what's going to happen because with the way it works, like a producer may in his head have you in line to present it, but he won't come to you to present that show until like the last couple of weeks, um, and so you just you just never never really know what's around the corner. However, saying that, I do also want to you know keep pushing myself and making sure that like I'm. I'm I'm out there enough to where people can see it and be like, oh, like he's he's um, a decent presenter. I hope so, anyway. Um, and want to get me involved in involved in stuff. So it's kind of a mix of both, really. So yeah, day by day, but also looking ahead and trying to aim for um, yeah the, the stars, I guess. <laughs> uh, Zach, also, I wanted to ask some questions about Football Daily because obviously, again, I'm a massive mm-hmm. Football Daily fan. I'm a subscriber on YouTube. I've been oh, appreciate I've been it. Watching- Thank you. I've been watching your videos for a good, I don't know, I think it must be at least three or four years now. Oh, man, um, you've, you've seen me then since I've had glasses. <laughs> that's right. Um, I wanted to know what the mood was like in the in the Football Daily camp when there was no football on. So, like, during the period between, like, the end of March and throughout April, what was the mood like when there was no football? Because, obviously, the amount of content you were producing uh, when mm. football was on and when football is on is quite astonishing. You're producing, like tens of videos each week what was it like when there was no football on because it must have been quite hard to like think of like fresh new content to create when there was nothing going on yeah it, it, it is difficult and, and I, I actually think that we've managed to to deal with it um pretty well uh, the thing is with with the world of football 
no matter what's happening, even when there's a pandemic, um, transfer rumours are still happening. Uh, and so and so we were able to kind of talk about that kind of stuff. And then there was always there's always talk about, you know, when the league was going to return. Um, we've even created a couple more new shows as well. There's one that's gone live now called The Football Pyramid, which yeah. is um, which is good fun. Uh, and uh, yeah, and, and it's actually a, re- it's a really good um, quiz show. Um, but yeah, so we've, we've kind of been able to band together and just kind of just kind of kind of deal with it, to be honest, like that it was during a time and kind of still is, uh, to be honest, um, where football wasn't important, really. Like it was about uh, making sure everyone was safe. And so we kind of have the view more so of we let's create content so that our our fans can enjoy it and kind of maybe help them take their minds of what is happening um, rather than we need to be hitting these ma- a video every single day. And luckily, because of the amount of, um, you know, different shows that we have, we were still able to make videos every day. They were a little bit harder um, because we can't shoot them together. But uh, yeah, no, it was it was it was difficult. But um, I think we I think we were able to manage it pretty well. Mm. So, like um, you spoke uh, again a little, little bit about sort of presenting and, and YouTube and this sort of you know to just these sorts of like sources of media that you've got now, um, like stuff like like um, Saturday Social mm. is sort of a, still a fairly new newish concept. Yeah, sort definitely. Of in terms of in terms of like having football and and the way reporting is done it seems a lot more sort of informal now i don't know if that from the outside it looks a little bit more informal in terms of it's not sort of you know pundits sat down it's sort of you know you get bangs mm-hmm. and all of that sort of stuff how do you think like your role in the media and on tv like differs to maybe like more mainstream pundits on a match day yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I'm quite lucky in the terms that I I kind of delve between both worlds of of YouTube and TV. So you kind of see you see both worlds. And and the thing with social media is it's it's constantly growing. Every single year, it's going to be completely different to what it was like last year. Um, and you know, you have bigger platforms joining that that social media world. Um, and I think informal is probably the the word. However, at the same time, like some of the YouTube stuff that is created is unbelievable. So I'd say be- at times better than what TV does. Um, it, it just really depends. Like, uh, to be honest, social and digital media is for a, a much younger generation. However, the more norm kind of media that we, we're using on TV is for an, an older generation that is a lot older. So that spans from, say, 30 to 60 plus. So there's a lot to cover this. And they're used to seeing people in suits talking about what's happening in the football and I think even us as our generation are used to that but then we also like to then go and watch what we like now where seeing some guys in a pub talk about football um or or, or you know and analyzing what happened the day after um so I think we we saw the best of both worlds I don't think I don't ever think that in the future we'll ever see just people wearing hoodies sitting yeah. and presenting um, Super Sunday. I just don't think it'll happen um, because we, we're used to how it is and, it, and it, it's absolutely fine. Um, uh, yeah, maybe, maybe some opinions should be different, but uh, yeah, no. So I, I don't know. It's, it's kind of, it's a weird, it's weird being in between both worlds because, because one minute you'll be talking to say, just a, a, you'll be talking to a YouTuber and all, and then on Twitter and that, and then next minute you look up and there's Martin Tyler. Yeah. <laughs> it's like the two complete different worlds, but um no, it's pretty cool. It's pretty cool to be honest. Do you think in that sort of situation there is 
I don't, I don't think the word respect is right, but do you think there's a difference in maybe attitudes when players are being interviewed maybe by, as you say, like a Jeff Shreves or a Martin Tyler compared to you? Do you think maybe... Probably, go, yeah. Is there a difference of attitude? Do you see maybe a different side? I yeah. So. How does that sort of like relationship between you and, and also, yeah, like what the relationship between you and the players like and what is the relationship maybe between you and sort of, you know, the, the actual, you know, the pundits that sit so in Every time we, like every, t- so after we go on um, Saturday Social, uh, we'll, normally after we help, we head back upstairs and we see the boys um, getting ready for, um, uh, what's the Saturday 3pm kickoff show? Oh, uh, Soccer Saturday. Soccer Saturday, yeah. We'll see those boys. And every, every single time, they're always like, oh, well done, boys. Uh, how was it? Like, they're always asking us, um, did you enjoy it? What was it like? And all that. And so, the, so they, they're always really receptive to it, really accepting. Um, and I personally have ne- never had an issue with any of them. They've always seemed very, um, res- yeah, always been very, very good. And, and the same with players, to be honest. Like, 100% players, one, when they see someone with a, on a YouTube channel compared to someone... Um, who's wearing a suit interviewing them they're probably going to be different and especially the younger ones like for Declan Rice knows um the FC Don boys he knows the sidemen like he grew up watching those guys and so when he does videos with them or when he sees the F2 for example like it's going to be different because like also this is who he's kind of grown up watching um so it's definitely different but I do think people I think both appreciate each other um just as much I think the the mainstream have started to recognize what is happening over on digital and and are moving over to it as well and helping with it and wanting to embrace it um because if if you don't embrace it then i think that you'll just get uh, swallowed up by it to be to be quite frank now it's a really interesting point actually you made there about like declan rice and and stuff like this i mean, that we'll talk about a bit later but it's really interesting actually that i hadn't even really thought about the fact that you know declan rice would you know, he's mm-hmm. not too much older than, than than me and Luca are, and the fact that they've that they've watched these guys, and they're not just professionals together. They're they're also, you know, that they're entertainers. You know, exactly. Man. Still go home and and watch these guys and watch you. Hundred percent. You know, had, but for yeah. entertainment rather than for information. It's just yeah, it's something I've not really considered actually. It's this weird world where like, especially the younger guys, like the ages of say Mason Mount, Declan Rice, like twenty two, like my age, to like even a little bit older than me, and and one hundred percent younger. Like these are the these boys would have been watching a hundred percent the side men and, and and all these kind of um uh YouTube channels and even you know you you will and ease um et cetera et cetera like it's because it's the new form of the way people get entertainment like I was watching YouTube since I've been what eleven maybe maybe a little bit younger or older, and so th- it would be the same for these guys so while <laughs> instead whilst I was just playing call of gc whilst growing up they were going to their academies and training to become footballers whilst watching these youtubers now it's a really really interesting point that it's, it's almost a crazy concept mm. luca um zach i was wondering how much say before you go on to some uh, uh, program like saturday social which i must admit i don't watch much of because i don't have sky okay, um, how much preparation do you need to have before you go on that show because there's obviously always different topics of conversation that go on on that show. Mm-hmm. How much preparation is it? Is it days? Is it weeks of preparation before you go on that show? Or is uh, it just off the cuff as soon as you go on? 
So, so for someone in my position where I'm kind of more the guest, it's uh, I'll normally get called the day before by the producer who then tells me what we're going to cover. And the, the, the great thing about Saturday Social is very casual. So it's not necessarily we don't have to go deep lying stats where it's like this playmaking midfielder is creating this amount of um, uh, XG, etc. Or these deep lying play, uh, deep lying um, progressions. Um, it's more just chatting about what's happened and what do we think should this have been a red card? You know, who's the best midfielder of the Premier League of all time? So it's quite quite easy kind of pub football chat, if that makes sense, where anyone that's watching won't get turned off because it's a little bit too um, in depth. It's in, and to that degree, it's pretty... Um, it's pretty simple. When, when say, you, you interview a player, then there's a good maybe day or more of trying to do research into it and making sure you've got all um, your bases covered. However, that being said, for, say, Saturday Social, Joe, who is the presenter and also an FD um, and one of my close mates, he he's probably prepping for, say, a day or longer before each show so he can do all the links and um bring up all the questions and create the questions etc so in his position yeah there, there is probably a lot more but from my position as a guest there's not as much yeah and in terms of the the videos away from saturday social say like i don't know sunday vibes or mm. a, st- a stat wars or something like that not that stat wars is doing much now because <laughs> you can't really be next to each other but for like sunday vibes or a, yeah. a euro roundup or something how much how much um how many people does it take to produce a video? Because obviously you've got to think about the script, the filming, the editing. Yeah. Um, so we're quite lucky at FD where everyone can kind of do everything. Um, we all can edit. We can all write. We all um, can present. Um, and so we are basically all able to kind of chip in essentially. So say with the Sunday Vibes, normally the process is someone has written a bit of a sheet with so we've got a couple of questions then someone's written a sheet or or two uh, over the day about um you know some little bits and bobs some little points uh, which can back up our arguments on, on how we want to argue either put for it or against it um and then the the boys whoever are doing sunday vibes that day will then go shoot it normally the next day so say we would have written that by i don't know say wednesday and then thursday we would go and shoot it and then normally um that that shoot is say an hour or so maybe a little bit longer because we have to go to that pub um and then the day after that on the friday is edited within that day so it's normally a three-day process and sometimes if you're also including all the camera people um because that's that's maybe like two two people at a time as well then it, it can involve seven seven people throughout getting that one video made however at the same time if we were say needed to that person who wrote it would also maybe be on the show and also then edit the show as well. So that could also drop down to say like four people for Sunday vibes. Sunday vibes is, has um, three people on screen and then say for videos, which just have one person, they could essentially do all of it um, mm-hmm. themselves. So it, it, it varies, but um, normally it's very much like a, a team thing where everyone's chipping in. Yeah. And what was it like when, when you went to that, when you, because you've changed pubs, you've been in one yes. pub and then you changed to a second one. What was it like for, for both of those pubs, really, when you approached the people that worked there and said, can we, and asked, can we film there? What did they say? What we've was been, reaction? We've been extremely, extremely lucky. Um, the first one was literally down our road. Uh, and we like we were kind of regulars there anyway. And we kind of went there, asked, can we? Uh, he was like, if you come in early before it gets busy then sure uh, we always we always used to buy a couple of drinks as well because they never charged us um and so yeah the same same kind of uh for the this one as well we got really lucky as well the one with the one that we're currently at and it looks looks better like looks fantastic 
um, and they have they have a down downstairs bit. <laughs> I I always wonder whether people ever walk into those pubs, and I've actually been tweeted it a few times uh, when they walk into these pubs and go, "Fuck, this is the uh, this is this is the Sunday Vice pub." <laughs> That's a weird weird phenomenon. So I'd just uh, go back a little bit, sort of understand like your background in sort of or sort of the media did you like go to uni and is that where you learned your trade for editing and stuff like that no so i so yeah as i said earlier i wanted to get into youtube since i was like 12 um and then when i was at college uh, i reached out to the company who owns football daily and was like can i get some work experience um and and they and they offered me some work experience and essentially i kind of knew f- for the what i wanted to do uni wasn't really the route for me personally um I've always been very much a person that just likes to kind of like physically do things rather than have to kind of like sit there and 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 like um kind of kind of have to go to uni for essentially and I kind of I kind of knew as well it was a bit it was a bit a lot more about who you know and what you've done rather than what you know if that makes sense and so yeah at 18 I um I I didn't go to uni I, I went to um (laughs) <laughs> the uni of football daily <laughs> and uh and yeah the boys like l- at that time it was it was a lot different to how it is now there was like five of us yeah roughly five or six of us and they and they were very patient with me at the, at, at the beginning as well like they taught me how to edit like I started very on simple edits and then kind of grew with that again taught me essentially how to write these scripts and then again taught me kind of the presenting techniques and with, with presenting it's more so just doing it and you just get used to it, be on camera, and just every single video you'll you'll get better. Um, because my first video did not go down well. Um, yeah, it was not the best uh, best video to do. It was something like ten of the worst title winners ever. Like a couple of weeks after Leicester had won the title, <laughs> and, and and they were like number one or whatever. So that didn't that didn't do me too well for the first year, but. Um, but yeah, no, it was a lot of, for, for me personally, it was a lot of trial and error. And it was, it, it was during that time we were able to kind of do that, where the boys had time to kind of let me make mistakes or let me, um, you know, take my time to learn how to edit and things like this. And, and because of that, and because of that patience, it, it, I am where I am today. So I'm very, um, very thankful to the boys for allowing me to have that kind of time. Um, but yeah, because it's a little bit different now because, it, because we do make so much content all the time. Um, we probably couldn't do the same. So if, say, myself, it happened now, um, I don't know whether it, it would have happened. But, yeah, after the work experience, um, which was three months, then um, the boys offered me a job on my birthday. Uh, and, yeah, it was, it was quite a nice, quite a nice um, surprise. And, uh, yeah, it, um, it, it's led to where it is today. It's led to where it is today. Yeah, what, coming up to four years now? since I've been there and it's allowed me to move to London, um, have some unbelievable experiences, uh, travel, travel the world as well. Um, so yeah, it's been, it's been pretty ridiculous. So without like trying to get you to preach about, you know, <laughs> how to, you know, how to like go far in, in the industry, obviously like you've gone a very different way about it to, to what, you know, we're sort of trying, trying to go mm. to. Um, like, what would you say is like, is like, your like the important qualities like um what's got you so far is it i mean willingness to 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 try anything really you know to just open up and go even at 18 like i've not got any experience but will you let me try yeah i think there's definitely definitely an element of that like you've got to be a little bit 
kind of balls to the walls. Like I was very, I'm a kind of confident person as well. So that, that helps with on being on camera. And like, you've essentially just got to be yourself too, because I learned very quickly that you need, if you're not yourself on camera, people will be able to tell people will be able to tell because it, it, it won't look real. Uh, even when you're just talking about football, like, and, the, and you don't really have to put a persona on or anything like that. Um, especially if, you, if you're trying to make YouTube videos, just, just be yourself and, and, um, and just work work hard as well like that's the thing we went or me personally as well along with the boys we used to we were spending hours on hours on working on on videos and editing videos um to get to where we are now i remember there was a christmas period where we would be edit we'd be in eight and wouldn't be leaving till eight to just to just get videos done so we could have a week off for christmas um and like that that i remember we were all ill as well just watching team america (laughs) on one of the computer screens as well and it was just it was rough but um but i look back on actually quite fondly thinking like that that's kind of because of that that's where we are today we don't really want to lose that kind of work ethic but i think yeah and being yourself also means like when you're meeting people don't try to impress them by you know saying certain things or whatever just just be yourself because if you're that and then you get to know them and then they may help you out later on. Um, that, 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 that's helped me in certain ways where I know now because of just going to events and then just having a laugh with people and just, you know, being a bit confident as well and just going up to them and talking to them has allowed me to kind of get to know people at Adidas, get to know people at EA, get to know people at FIFA, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so it, it depends. Like it depends on your personality it depends on your situation because I, again, I'm very fortunate that, um, you know, my parents allowed me to kind of to do this. I know there are some parents that wouldn't allow their child to go, <laughs> to not go to uni, um, as, as well. And so I remember the first time I showed my mum, I got paid from YouTube and they were like, well, this is, this is a job. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, I, you know, I am very fortunate in that, in that sense as well, that, that I, I wasn't kind of pressured to go down a different route. Um, but yeah, like the number one, be yourself, work hard um and it takes time as well i think people people upload a video expecting it to do a million views and it's like that's not how the world works like it takes time and don't just because your your video now isn't doing well um it might just mean it's it's not a a not a great video but you putting that video allows you out allows you to keep improving and the more you improve eventually if you work hard you'll get there i do i do i do believe that i do believe that no, thanks. It's, it's, it's great advice for everyone. Yeah. Um, who were the original, uh, like, a stat, uh, not Stat Wars, I'm getting a bit obsessed with Stat Wars, the original <laughs> Football Daily crew, because you've done really well, I think, well, since you've been there. I think uh, you've done really well not to, like, lose sort yeah. of any, anyone's presenting. You've all stayed together. You've even added some new people in. Like, I've seen, um, what's his name? You've introduced someone new. Is it Henry Hill? Uh, Henry, Henry, yeah. yeah. Henry's a lovely so you've done really well to like keep everyone together from the start and even include other people as well. Yeah, so we've, so when I joined, so Football Daily was originally made like 2012, 2013. Um, and I actually kind of look at Football Daily like an Ajax, to be honest. Um, like, so Lo- Lawrence McKenna worked at Football Daily at a point or presented at Football Daily at a point. Um, Roman Kemp was on Football Daily at one point. Um, there was one of the football week. Uh, foot, is it football weekly? No, that was one of the that was one of the shows. Ah, um, oh, there's a one of the big podcasts uh, is had someone that was originally from FD. Uh, so there's a lot of people that kind of before us. There was a few people before us. There's also a guy called Adam Boltwood, 
unbelievable producer, really, really good. Everything he touches turns to gold. Uh, has worked on EXO, worked on Hashtag, um, worked on the Football Republic. Really, really good guy. Um, and then there was kind of our group where, so the the original kind of, when I joined, there was uh, Joe Tomlinson, who, um, if you don't know who he is, yeah, he does the Saturday Social, presents for Football Daily, does quite a lot of presenting for a lot of things. Um, really, really good guy. Uh, Chris Hamill, who... Um, He's also like probably taught me more about editing than anyone else in my life. Uh, so I, I do do really. He's helped me out massively. Um, Patrick Manstraten, who's there as well. George, um, who's a little bit more behind the scenes, and then uh, Adam, who's more of like our social guy. There's also Jacko, Dave Jackson as well, who kind of does, um, who's involved in football daily, but he's involved in a lot of other things. But they were kind of the people we, when I joined um, that were there. And then throughout the years, we've been able to add a lot of people. That's when we added Kieran Carlin. And um, he's he and a, maybe a couple of others have been the only people that have, maybe like uh, Olivia, um, who have been the people that have moved on. They've only moved on because they wanted to to go to something else. So Olivia moved on to Sky, which was absolutely, um, I think it was kind of like her dream job. And then Kieran, <laughs> I don't know if you know, he now does stuff for Will and E. Um, and, and his channel has blown up himself. And I think we kind of take this thing from Bailey where it's like, we're not going to keep someone who um, who obviously, like, they're, they're built for something. Um, I'm trying to word it in the correct way, but we he, he obviously wanted to make his own channel his thing, and he wanted to try and progress his own channel. And when you can see that, then it's, it's, it's right to kind of let them let them do that, to be honest. Yeah, so don't, don't like to stop someone from doing... Yeah, um, yeah, because just because... Yeah, exactly. Just because, you know, when, when someone says, oh, I want to leave or whatever, I think people at times can get a bit like, oh, a bit moody over it. Why do, why do you want to leave or whatever? But it's not it's not that at all, because you'll always kind of um, I know I know Kieran does like treasure moments at FD. And and I think if you you just ruin things, if you could become a bit mean about it and and, and uh, try to stop them. Um, and, and now we've, he's, he's absolutely flourishing. He's absolutely flourishing. But just before we sort of move on to YouTube, uh, just I'm guessing you probably watched Soccer AM growing up. Mm-hmm. Like, so what was it like? Um, obviously, Frankie Fry did um, did away days that you know such a sort of like, yeah, big like, like, part of it. I mean, number one, what is he actually like? Is is he is he crazy? And, and, okay. and num- number two. I don't know. It's a little bit like meeting players. What what was it like, sort of, you know, being on a show with him, sort of going, "Wow, I was I was watching you a year ago, or whatever." Adam is one of the uh, loveliest guys I've ever met. He is um, really, really sweet. Really um, work works so hard. Works so hard. Like the research he does before he meets players, before he goes um, onto each live show, and like he's he's been at Sky as well for so long. Um, and so it's really, really, really good to be able to see him kind of get to where he is now as the as the host of um, his own show. And um, yeah, like every every time, uh, every time I'm with him or, or I'm, I'm talking to him, it's, it's always <laughs> it's always a pleasure. And, he, and he, he's fantastic to be around. Um, uh, as to when I first met him, I can't remember when I first met him. It's weird. I, I, I honestly can't remember when I first met him. Like, as I said, even before, I'm, I'm not really someone that just gets like... There are like few people. I've always said there are a few people I'll ever lose lose it around. It's always John Terry. Um, I'll be I'll be very nervous to ever meet him. Frank Lampard, even though I have kind of seen him around, I've not ever personally done um, something with him yet. Hopefully it, that will happen. Um, Frank Lampard, uh, Didier Drogba, 
and and Zinedine Zidane. Those those four footballers, I will lose my head at. But um, yeah, as for actors uh, and other kind of uh, presenters, I'm just not really someone that kind of kind of uh, gets like that, if that makes sense. But um, Ad- yeah, Adam's honestly one of the loveliest blokes in the world, and um, I cherish every moment I'm with him. <laughs> Yeah, so I'll just move on onto YouTube. Obviously, it's had a massive impact on on your life and sort of your uh, your sort of aspirations from a young age. You know, say twelve, hoping to be a YouTuber. Was it watching? You know, like KSI and whatever. Did that inspire you to go on and try and make a career of YouTube, or do you think you would have done it without them? Oh no, most definitely. Like when I knew you could make money from YouTube, that was it. That was my ideal jo- job because it was making videos which are entertaining and funny hopefully uh, anyway and um and being able to do that for a career and a a job which you could live off of um that was just it like obviously growing up my like everyone's dream was to be a footballer <laughs> but i realized that that wasn't gonna happen really uh, unless something magical happened i still some every now and again i do something which makes me maybe believe it um i think there was a point where i wanted to be a doctor and oh. then yeah, I wanted to be a radiologist, which is like all about bones. Um, but again, realised that wasn't probably going to happen. Um, and then, yeah, I think when I was about 12, it was either, it's probably a mix of, say, KSI and, and Syndicate, um, who were kind of the guys that made me realise, like, this is, this is what I want to do and kind of go from there. Because I think originally I wasn't necessarily like, I've always loved football um, and I've always loved YouTube, but there was no one in my mind t- until maybe... I was 18 or until I got to FD where I actually saw myself putting the two together. It was always going to be something else. Like, I don't know, maybe like video games or whatever, it, whatever it was. Um, that was going to be the way I kind of got into it. And then, and then, yeah, when I, when I kind of found the company and saw that they had football daily, there was kind of a bit where I was like, why don't I just do both essentially? <laughs> and, um, and, and yeah, it's kind of led to, led to where I am today, but um, you never know. Maybe I always say as well, like, I'd like to start, I'd like to start my own YouTube channel one day and and um, and do some more kind of uh, different things, but uh, just about time, really. It's just about time, which of which I haven't got a lot of. Yeah, Luca, uh, Zach, I wanted to ask you, come, come moving on from sort of the YouTube football daily scene, mm. uh, if it's all right, if we can talk about like the Premier League resuming. Yeah, sure. The Premier 100%. League has now been confirmed that it's going to resume on the seventeenth of June. Are you sort of on board with the fact that they're resuming it at this point, or would you rather move it on? Because I heard some words from on an article from Stylian Petrov saying they've put the Premier League bosses have put wealth before health, which I thought was quite a strong statement. Are you on board with the fact that they're resuming it in June, or um, would you rather wait up and leave it a bit longer? If if it can be done successfully, and um, because, because to be honest, like, apart from it getting uh, apart from it being less in the UK in terms of uh, the deaths and, and the people catching it, there's not, there's not really another time they can essentially do it, if that makes sense. So unless they waited longer and the numbers dropped even more, um, that, that it, it wouldn't have made the biggest of difference. Because until a vaccine, in, in my opinion, until a vaccine is made, then there's not that much of a difference. Um, but if it can be done successfully without causing players um, to, to catch the virus, and I've seen the tests, you know, I think it says, I think zero people in the most recent uh, one ha- um, haven't got it, uh, which is which is fantastic, hundred percent. It's it's fantastic. And even before that, I think it was always under one percent. Um, so so to that degree, I do say 
sure. If it can be done successfully, which it looks to be being done successfully in the Bundesliga, I know people keep you know saying, why are the substitutes not together? Why don't you just allow players to to celebrate and it's just it's just being cautious which you'd rather be during the situation so if it can be done successfully then i'm absolutely fine with it it's absolutely fine but obviously if it can't be done or the second say something does happen where a player may give it to someone else or whatever or whatever scenario then yeah it's probably it probably came back too soon or wasn't or the or the precautions that were being taken weren't um suitable Mm. and also, in terms of neutral venues, because I was on the way to, when I was going to uni today, I was listening to TalkSport and I was uh, hearing them talk about how Liverpool might have to play at a neutral venue yeah. they, when they play Everton to get the Premier League trophy. And I was thinking, well, why, why would you do that? If that was the case, then you surely would have to do it for everyone else as well. I think, again, it's just like it's about being precautious because... If, say, Liverpool versus Everton, there were a few other derbies and other kind of big clashes um, where uh, essentially it's just the worry that fans, say, in the instance for, say, Liverpool win the title, fans will come to Anfield and be grouped together, which is just something you don't want. You don't want people, you don't want people doing that. And um, especially, like, well, during these times anyway. Um, and as for like the other games, it's the same sort of thing. I think I can't remember the exact amount of game, the exact games it was, but um, I think I think again, just for for safety, it's it's worth it. I know obviously Liverpool first, it's going to be Liverpool's first ever title win, and of course I'd love to be able to celebrate it. But there are kind of bigger things at hand here. Like it, mm-hmm. it's not necessarily about as we kind of said it's not about the football now it's about you know making sure we can we can deal with this pandemic and and if that means you people can't group together in a couple of thousands and and celebrate winning a trophy then it is what it is like Liverpool have a fantastic squad and over the next couple of years they're going to be challenging for the Premier League title I know it's been (laughs) over 20 years before they've they've never won a Premier League title um but you know it's it's, there's bigger things at play even if you've never won a Premier League title before Mm -hmm. And sort of, you know, knowing the Chelsea team like like you do, and and also you know your opinion on on the Chelsea team, how do you think it will have a have an impact on us compared to other teams sort of when returning and what they'll be like going into situations which no one's been in? But how would you sort of expect or imagine Chelsea will sort of come out of this? It's interesting because because Chelsea had gone through a rough period in terms of injuries, along with maybe Spurs. We'd been maybe maybe United in a way. Um, we'd been hit with a lot, especially with you know Pulisic, um, you know getting, getting his at the time he did. Um, same with with Callum and um, Tammy. So many of our keep even Kante and, and, and uh, yeah even Kante. Um, so we we got hit quite badly, and then obviously because of that we saw the rise of Billy Gilmore, who who's a fantastic player, and I think has. And a long, long career ahead of them at Chelsea. I think he's fantastic. And, and we've also seen the likes of Tino Andrin play um, and possibly, you never know, Ian Matson one day. And um, yeah, so I think, I think for us, we've got, we're in a, we're in a good position. However, and, and looking at the rest of our games, like I know we've got to still play um, City, which is going to be interesting. Um, we've still got to play Wolves as well. Um, but in terms of our rest of the game, it's not too bad. Um, yeah, it, it, it's going to be it's going to be interesting. I I don't want to jinx anything 
like I don't want to say that something's going to happen uh, just in case, just in case I get then quoted on it and and yeah. and, and, and blamed for it, essentially. But um, yeah, no, look, the boys and and Frank and the way his team uh, is run is ran. Um, I mean, they uh, and it, everything they've put out before, they've always said that that first it's always got to be about um, putting uh, the health first and everything. Um, but, and I'm 100 percent sure he he'll be very happy to have. A fully fit squad. It's a very, it's very weird that this is the first year as well that we introduced um, a Christmas break, and now they've had even longer, to, a longer time off. But I mean, from from what if from what the Bundesliga looks like, I think it's going to be kind of the same. A lot of teams seem to have just kind of picked up where they left off, especially in Bayern Munich's case. Um, maybe less so for say Leverkusen and Dortmund. But um, I think I think it's going to be the same. I think we'll. There are going to be some tough fixtures, especially when we play the big boys. Hopefully, we'll, we'll roll over the little ones. Um, and, uh, yeah, I, I think they'll be absolutely fine. So, just as you say, not wanting to jinx anything, but do you think that maybe, I don't know, will bigger teams have maybe an advantage without fans? Will smaller teams in derbies, do you think either, you know, a cert, you know maybe certain teams get small advantages, as small as they might be? Um. It's it's definitely well. I remember speaking to um, a couple of the boys before when I said to them, like, "Can you actually hear anything on the pitch when the, when when you're playing in these stadiums?" And they can't. If you're if you're the right back, the left back can't hear you at all. Maybe <laughs> the centre back next to you can hear you, but everything else, like maybe the position next to you can hear you, but apart from that, you can't hear anything. Um, so so that's going to be a lot more. Uh, that's going to be quite interesting because now everyone will hear everything. So sometimes what will happen is. You know, a goalkeeper might misplace a pass because he doesn't see, he doesn't hear the striker coming past him, or whatever. Um, very, very rare cases, but that should now be eliminated, eliminated full stop because of it. Um, you, you would maybe assume the the kind of underdog has a possible advantage, um, possibly, but I don't really think. I don't personally. I don't really think there is. I don't think there is at all. I just think. It, I think it's about the first game and making sure you win your first game to that. Cause if you lose your first game after the, after all this time off, then psychologically it's going to start, in my opinion, playing on your mind where, okay, then we have to win the second one. And if you don't win the second one, you're screwed essentially. No, yeah, no, definitely. It was, I know when Bayern Munich played Dortmund the other day, there was a time when Kimmich absolutely laid into someone and <laughs> everyone Probably even outside the stadium, anyone there must have been able to hear that. It was so loud compared to usual, where you don't usually see it. And you just think, wow, that, that's, uh, that's different, isn't it? It's always quite funny. Being able to hear the ball being kicked and stuff like that, it'll be different. It will be. It will, 100%. Like, I, I actually wasn't necessarily against the idea of putting fake crowd noise in. Like just, even just for the viewer. Uh, you don't even have to put it in the stadium just for the viewer on, on TV. I think it might make it feel a little bit more, a little bit more normal. But... Um, I mean, it's also not the it's not the end. Of, it's not the the worst thing in the world having no noise. I, I I read something that apparently the Premier League are expecting fans to be back for next season, which is which is quite interesting. Um, I kind of doubt that, but there's also the proposals for social distanced fans, where there's like three seats in between each fan. I mean, you got you'll get a lot of leg room, and it might make it it might make it feel a bit more normal. So. Yeah, that might also come into place. I don't necessarily think that's the worst idea either. It gets it start gradually bringing it back to normality. No, mm. I read something which is actually promoting, um, not that it would be able to happen with social distancing, but it, uh, having fan zone come back and you just think, ah, oh, 
<laughs> some of the old fan zone videos are absolutely brilliant you just think yeah that's the sort of comedy you need in a time like this you never know you never know i mean some people probably start doing it on youtube to be honest or already do at times ah uh, so good which player are you most excited to see back from chelsea zach playing because i for one i'm most excited to see ruben loftus cheek back because he's been oh. out for so long i yeah. cannot wait to see him back on the pitch Ruben's had a Ruben's had a tough time as well, man. Like having a year long injury, if not longer, um, is is tough. It's, it's really tough. And I think even for him, even for him, I think he just can't wait to get back out there and finally play that first game um, out on Stamford Bridge or, or professional or professional game. Because I know he's played a few minutes for um, the the younger teams. Uh, but for me, I would probably say Pulisic. I thought he was playing fantastically before he kind of picked up that knock. And even, you know, the hat trick he got against, Bur- was it Burnley? I'm pretty sure it was Burnley. Um, he, he played fantastic. And I think he, at times he sometimes, that kind of Eden hat. There are a few others in the same, I think I think Callum's the same. Um, one of the kind of Eden Hazard players, though, where they kind of make something out of nothing. Um, and I think he was really, I think he was really starting to get into his strides after kind of having maybe a bit of a rough start to the Premier League. Uh, or to his first season at Chelsea, um, but yeah, no, I think I think for him, I can't I can't wait to see him back on the ball. Mm. What no. about you, Tom? Um, I don't. Just it's Chelsea this year, isn't it? It's, we've never had a team like this before. It's <laughs> it's, a, it's a new situation to be so excited to see to see a team. You know, it, very rarely do you look at the team and go, "Ah, oh, that's pretty disappointing." It's just mm. this new feeling. I don't know about an individual. I mean. Loftus Cheek would be brilliant to see him back out there. Hudson Odoi back out there. I'd, I loved it. I love Reese James. Just Reese James just the, is very good. The thought of a fully fit Reese James be amazing and frightening. I mean, Billy Gilmore's a joy to watch. Yeah. Maybe, maybe Kante if he comes back. If not, you know, just the whole the whole Chelsea team. I just love him. I just love him to bits. This. And the Hakim Ziyech that's coming in next season because that's oh, that's also a massive sign that I'm really that. excited for. Yeah, I mean, Zach. Um, I know you know you can't you can't like be making predictions or whatever, and don't want to situation <laughs> here. But do do you think, based on like Lampard's team selection for our first game, I think it would be Aston Villa. Um, do you think he's going to go off the back of what he's seen in training, or do you think he'll be likely to be? How much impact do you think that Everton performance and the Liverpool performance before lockdown? How do you think he's going to sort of weigh up how to start and what to start with in terms of players and who deserves a start and, and what really matters? I think for him, it will be training. Lampard um, is all about training. I think it's all about proving to him in training that you want to be selected for the starting eleven. And he's, he's said as much as well during the season that about, about how, how Gilmore has shown during training that he is um, more than capable to play in the Premier League's first team for Chelsea. Um, so yeah, it's it's all about training. I think, of course, like the Liverpool and Everton games and the last few games that we played will definitely, you know, be on his mind slightly, and, and I, I think they'll probably have a little bit of a um, impact on his decision. But he is a training coach. He is a coach that cares about what you do in the off time, not on, you know, during during the games. And of course, he does care about the games. Um, but because of the time, the, the time difference, you know, the couple of months that it's been, it's all going to be about training now, and, and, and especially for the players that um, haven't played in so in so long, like your like your Hudson Odoi, 
uh, uh, sorry, like your Hudson Doyle and your Ruben off his cheek, sorry. Um, yeah, the, they need to impress him in training if they want to get those minutes. Yeah, it's, it's, it'd be, I mean, it'd be so unfortunate for someone like Gilmore, even Barkley, you know, the way he, he ended mm. up those last two games, I mean, the Everton game, probably the best performance he'd had in the Chelsea shirt. Um, if they weren't to start against Aston Villa, it could be perceived as harsh, but I completely know what you mean about training because this season, more than any, I think Chelsea fans have sort of believed if Lampard drops someone, you don't sort of go, oh, why aren't they playing? You just sort of go, there's a reason for it because we know that that's what Lampard's like. He doesn't have any sort of pre-perceived agendas towards players. You know, this guy has to start. This guy doesn't have to start. Yeah. He drops a million pound Kepper, you know? Yeah, and he's very um, tactical too. So in terms of like depending on whether he's playing in a three-back formation or he wants more pressing being done, certain players will start just because of that, just because of the opposition. Not necessarily because they've not played well or trained hard, but because a certain player, say like Kante, will be, will be better at um, pressing than, say, a, a Ross Barkley or something, even though Ross Barkley presses fantastically. But just just as an example, like it, it sometimes just depends on what team he's playing, depending on his selection. Um, but I assume Vast Villa will be um, all, all guns blazing, to be honest. No, it's interesting because throughout the season, I know you know Tamori was sort of dropped mm. around about December-ish after having such a good good period. You know, he stopped playing Kovacic again, sort of over Christmas, which was so surprising. But instead of sort of sitting there, just you know swearing at the TV, going, oh, why is he doing this? Why is he doing that? I found myself just sort of accepting there'll be a reason, you know, whether it's game time, match fitness, anything. You know, I, I found myself sort of just listening to Frank Lampard and what he's saying as gospel and just going, it's true. Oh, 100%. It's, it's Frank Lampard, yeah. I believe him. Whereas other managers probably previously I wouldn't, I wouldn't have done, Luca, you know? Mm. I was thinking, because of the, the way Lampard's come in and sort of said that all, all my team selections are based on merit from training, do you think, Zach, that this makes the players more aware that Lampard's keeping more of an eye on them in training and that it's not just, and that it's, I, I'm not sure how to word this, but like, do you think it's making the players more aware that they have to work that little extra bit harder in training to make sure they're selected for games? Yeah, I think so. I also think like Lamp, Lamp leads by example. His whole playing career, he, he was always trying to be the hardest working player out in training. And, and I think that has shown that players, like, he's not just saying this, he was doing this. And, and, and he's won everything there was to possibly, want, uh, to possibly win um, and was one of the best midfielders in the world uh, because of it. And I think that, so when he says it, I think players will realise, you know, this is Frank Lampard we're talking about. It's not just some, some guy that's never played professionally. Um, it's, and even though, you know, that, that's fine too. Um, but, this is something that they need to to listen to, um, and the thing as well is like Lamp- Lampard gets involved in the trainings too. Like he, he's um, he's taking them through the drills. He's being part of the drills, and so he gets a, he gets a proper first hand, uh, first like a proper first look at what they're doing and the impact that and the amount of effort and work that they're putting into it. Um, and the thing is, like for most players, when you work hard in training, you get played. There are a very rare number of players who maybe don't put all the effort in in training and get played. The one guy is probably Hazard. Yeah. Like, even Hazard apparently, it was, um, maybe didn't necessarily work as hard as he could have during training, because, but they kind of let it off because they knew what he could do on the pitch. Um, so, so, yeah, mo- most players, though, they do need to work hard during training. I think players like, say, Mason Mount um, and Tammy, they, they really do work well under being pressured to, to work hard in training, and, and they do so. Yeah, I think the interesting thing is obviously Lampard played under some of the greatest sort of man managers, you know, mm. Jose Mourinho, Carlo Ancelotti. 
you know, people, you know, Terry and Lampard would speak so high of these guys and sort of how they got the best out of them. You know, I know Lampard would say that Mourinho would basically, you know, it would never praise him. It always say, mm-hmm. I, want you to, uh, I want you to be the world's best midfielder and don't stop until you get there sort of thing. So, but it, you know, it's interesting to see that. But from talking to the players and, you know, and also your, your personal opinion, um, do you feel like Lampard, how do you feel Lampard has sort of coped with this? This Chelsea team isn't to the levels of the Chelsea teams that he's played in. You know, the midfielders he's he's coaching, Mason Mount and whatever, aren't, can't do what Lampard did as a player. How has he sort of balanced that expectation of, I want to manage a really good Chelsea side, but also I can't expect them to go and be Balak, Essien, Makaleli, you know, those sorts of players? I think I think for him, like, he won't be looking at it as a, I need, you know, I want, I want the players that I played with. I think it'll be, I think it'll be like, it, it, maybe, sure, maybe he'll think, okay, Mason can't necessarily do the same, um, I don't know, uh, st- the strength of Essien or whatever, but he'll look at uh, what Mason can do and he can do, he do a lot um, and, and push him on that aspect and make him into the better player that he is. I think, I think he's got this really nice kind of medium where I think he's a really good man manager, but also tactically very smart in games too. Um, yeah. and, and we've seen that against Arsenal as well, and especially in the, um, uh, the away game. Uh, where he where he um, took off Georgie or do you take off Georgie or do you bring him on? They brought him on. For brought him on. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And that changed the game for us. Um, so I think I think for him personally, he I think he knows at the start, and he said that what he wants he what he wants to do is become a Liverpool or what and how and how they've been able to do it over the past few years, and he knows it's going to take time, um, and I'm pretty sure with kind of maybe kind of like what Mourinho did when he first took over Chelsea, and um, saw that the players that he had in John Terry and in Frank Lampard that were already there, he can kind of do that with the players that we have this year in Tammy Abraham and, and Mason Mount. Like, I, I really, really think Mason Mount is a fantastic player who, who over the next couple of years, I, I, I feel <laughs> defences should be, defenses should be fr- um, scared when, he, when he's coming forward. I think he's going to be a fantastic, fantastic midfielder. And the same for a lot of the players, all the, all the youngsters, I think the next next few years, the Chelsea Academy is is going to be quite frightening. No, I completely agree. And mm. I've just got a little bit more to say before I let you ask a question, Luca. It's been so nice listening to Lampard this season because he has set all of these sort of things out. I remember his first press conference. He said, you know, I am Frank Lampard, the manager, not Frank Lampard, the player. You know, I know I'm not going to be judged differently because I'm Frank Lampard. And it's just this sort of realism that you get from him that, I don't know, I think it just sort of goes through the whole club. Um, and it, it can't be easy. You know, Zidane, um, obviously Gerard, people like that are probably at the top end of football managing these big, mm. big, big teams that have been big players for Lampard. It must be hard to sort of be able to sort of manage and not get frustrated. But it seems like, he, as you say, he has done he has done such a good job and it's so so nice to see him. As you say, flexibility in games, in-game management is just, it's new stuff that maybe people doubted about Lampard. And obviously he, he will improve and can improve, but the early signs are, are so, so bright. It's it's more than I, I could have asked for at the start of the season. Yeah, I think as well, like the, the aura he brings around the club, like the club is, is so happy. 
in general, just like going there is a real treat. Oh, everyone um, I've met there, everyone has such high praise for him and, and how the atmosphere around Cobham is, and, and, and no one's no one's really ever got a bad, a bad word to say. Um, and I think people forget, like, it's, it's the second year of managing. Like, it's, the second year of managing, the first year in the Premier League, it's, it's going to be rough. And and when you create such a such a history, like, say, Zidane did as well with Real Madrid, you know, we just hope, hope Lampard can kind of do the same that Zidane has. Um, when, when you have such a big history at such a big club, you're always going to be looked at as that man, as the man that saved us so many times, was there when we needed him. Um, and 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 then people are always going to hope they do that for for um, uh, for us again as a manager. Uh, and I do think fans probably do have, give him a little bit more slack than say other managers, but he deserves that slack. Like for what he's done, he he deserves it. And and maybe you know there's been a couple of losses this season where you know people were frustrated, but at the end of the day, it was it was it's Chelsea, it's Frank Lampard's Chelsea. I think people enjoy that factor. Um, so so for him. Yeah, he's he's still technically an inexperienced manager, but I think over the over the next few years he's going to be creating a side which is going to be um, one of the best one one of the best in the Premier League. I mean, Man City with Pep Guardiola is, is such such a good team, and the same with Liverpool and Jurgen Klopp. Those those two are kind of the the top dogs, and that's what we want to try and get to. But it takes time. It takes time. Like Pep's first season with City. Um, after managing for a number of years at other clubs fantastically well, you know he, his first season, he people rumored that he was going to get the sack. I think he might. I think other people kind of forget the. If I'd gone to you guys at the beginning of the season, Frank Lampard's first season, he's had no. He can't buy any players. He's not going to buy any players in January either. Um, and we're going to, you know, and you can take Champions League football right now. Would you do it? Everyone would have said one hundred percent yes. Or even possibly, you know, um, th- uh, fourth, th- possibly, you don't know what's going to happen, maybe third place, uh, touch wood, <laughs> fingers crossed. Um, everyone would 100% have, uh, have said yes. And, and um, yeah, I think we're, we're in a really, really nice period. We're at the beginning of hopefully something uh, very, very good. Mm. I just wanted to end on asking you, Zach, have you got, what are your sort of plans for the next three weeks leading up to the Premier League. Have you got any ideas planned for new series, videos for YouTube or anything like that? No, that would be telling. Um, I've got a few things in store um, for Football Daily. We're going to be trying a couple of videos uh, out, but uh, I can't say because that would be telling. Um, But uh, yeah, no, I'll be honest. Like I'm kind of expecting, it's going to get it's going to get very hectic with the mm. amount of games that are going on. Um, we've got something in we've had something in line for a while for this quiz show uh, on FD that we really really want to do, but we you know we've got to figure out figure out it now with with the current scenario um, once football's back and then um, and then uh, uh, yeah, like I think it's it's yeah it's going to take time, but over the next few weeks definitely we're going to try and put some videos out. Um, that might be a little bit, a little bit different, and hopefully, um, be very entertaining. But um, yeah, I, that that's probably as much as I can say. Yeah. That's all right. At least I know now what I'm looking forward to on your channel. <laughs> but yeah, no, I've, I've just got. Oh no, go on, Luca. No, I'll, I'm. Yeah, go ahead, Tom. I'm, I'm finished with my questions. Yeah, I've just got. I've just sort of got two more things to say. You know, right. just slight, slightly touch upon. Um, someone around the training ground, I think, is quite interesting because we've seen him at Chelsea before, is Jody Morris. And last year under Sarri, I think it's 
people expected more from Zola, whereas maybe in hindsight he was more of a almost, I don't know, you know, the Italian link, the Chelsea link. It looked more like a publicity stunt in hindsight. Um, what sort of role do you understand that Jody Morris has with Frank Lampard? Uh, Jody Morris and Joe Edwards are, are very integral. Um, the, they come up with essentially the, the tactics and, and how they're going to try and play the game out and, you know, picking the 11. I think it's very much, although 100% Frank is the man, um, I think it is very much a team between those three, um, especially like with the young guys as well. Jody and Joe know them so well. Um, and that's that's probably, I mean, the way the way Billy got his first start was uh, Frank going to Jody. Um, can he can he do it? And, and Jody fully believing in him and saying yes, he one hundred percent will play fantastically, and he did. Um, and I, I think he he himself, if you know, I kind of hope he doesn't, but I think I think Jody Morris could be a, an unbelievable manager as well, and he, he's proven it in the youth leagues um, uh, too. And maybe maybe one day he may step into it himself. Uh, for the uh, senior senior football, but um, for now, hopefully, he stays in the team. Uh, yeah, no, they are essentially as integral as Frank Lampard is himself. I think they have a te- They kind of work on it as a team, and the training sessions are all done together, um, and the focuses of, of of every game are all created together. Um, and it's a bit different to say what we're kind of used to, maybe with more kind of the single kind of guys, with maybe your. Um, your, your sort of kind of Sir Alex Ferguson's, et cetera, who were kind of very, they were the manager. Um, but uh, yeah, no, no, I think Jody, Jody is integral, integral. No, I, that's the sort of perception that I have of Jody Morrison. I know people sit there and go, oh, he's too much, you know, he's too much on social media. He's a bit loud for himself. But I, I personally, I've loved what, seeing Jody Morris there. I loved him while he was in, like at the 18s and in the mm. setup, I thought he did a brilliant job, and I thought he would come up to Chelsea at some day, but I didn't think it would be this soon. Just like, <laughs> just like Lampard, I think. And uh, no, it's, it's um, some really, really good points that you make there about they are the, the tactics guys, and Lampard is the coach. It, you know, yeah. sort of this head coach manager sort of title. Even even Joe Edwards, man, as well. Like Joe Edwards um, is probably the same level as as Jody too. And they both uh, are, are really, really important to um, that side. No, it's a brilliant setup, and it just goes back to what you said about the whole feeling at Cobham. There's a there is a pathway there that we haven't seen before, and with these guys there, Jody Morris, obviously another ex Chelsea player. It's just mm. uh, it's just too perfect to be true. <laughs> isn't it? A little bit. Um, no, and and just to end, um, I mentioned Zola. I don't know if you if you heard his quotes or was it on Being Sports this week. Uh, I, f- I think it's, I might have read it, but I don't think I actually took it in. No, it was, it was nothing too major. It's just I know a few people kicked up about it. He basically said that some of the Chelsea players last year found training boring. I just wondered if you had any sort of thoughts on, just really quick, because I know how, how deep this can be, on the main differences between Sarri last year and Lampard this year and the impact it's had on the club. Um. So... Th- like the the kind of difference point that personally for me as well is that I, I wasn't necessarily working with the club last year, so I can't one hundred percent say. But um, from what I've from what I've read of that, it was very kind of the same thing, that the same drills and, and players were kind of bored out of bored out their minds, I guess for, for that. But um, but yeah, from what I've seen from what I've seen personally, like the 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 drills are are, are 
they are there are some drills which are the same which there always will be in in training but um i think there's a part of it as well where they make sure they make the drills fun too so it's not about like, i think especially i think that the thing that they'll have maybe that sari didn't is jody and, and joe as well and lampard um have been players like they've literally been in this position where and dealt with managers who do the same thing over and over again they understand that yes there needs to be repetition in football um but also there needs to be some sort of fun element or an element where uh, it's a little bit different week in week out so i think that is where where they're kind of them being ex-professionals um will give them an edge over say a, a position that, um, that sari had there and the thing is with, with sari like his, his tactics have worked before i mean they're working with you they've worked with napoli and so saying maybe you know that it might just not been right for for chelsea with the way with the way it was um but i mean with the way he played football as well it's very much a, a system that takes time to develop too um uh, I mean, if you're just doing passing drills all day, I can understand why it could possibly be boring. No, uh, my personal view, I liked Sarri, but it just felt like he was potentially the right man at the wrong time. Um, but the work he's done is, I think, transitioning from a defensive manager to a more attacking manager. Without Sarri, the Lampard sort of experiment wouldn't have gone as as uh, fluidly as it has so far. Yeah, I would, I would, I would, um, I would agree with that. To be, to be honest, yeah, I think if it wasn't for Sari um, pushing us with that and even bringing in Jorginho, um, then maybe it might have been a lot harder to get to where we are this season, especially with no transfers at the beginning of the summer. Um, so he's he's definitely helped in that point. And I, I personally, um, I, I mean, it depends on what level like you want to get to. Sure, if you felt as if. You know, he wasn't as connected to the fan base, then you'd have probably a pretty decent argument. Um, but I mean, in terms of the football, he, you know, we knew what we were trying to get when we were getting Sarri in that kind of football. And I know it might have just, and, and it was really good at the start. And people maybe people sussed it out a little bit. Um, but uh, it take things take time, things take time. And, and I think um, that is something that we've started to realize, uh, especially this season. Um, and that we are now being able to give someone like Lampard, who, you know, maybe some would say Sarri deserved a little bit more time. But to be honest, he's kind of probably, got, he's probably been able to go to the next job that was for him. Like the Juve job is probably the number one you can get in Italy. Um, that isn't maybe the Italian job, uh, the national team. So for him, I think he'll be absolutely fine with it as well. Um, so I think everyone, everyone's pretty pleased. No, um, that is a brilliant way to end. Um, unless you've got anything to add on, Luca. Uh, no, but I, w- I was just quickly going to ask, how well do you think Sarri would have done if he had the team that Lampard's got now? Oh, God. Um, no Hazard. Um, no Hazard is interesting. I mean, players would have been a lot more used to it, I guess. Um, but the, the difference is I, I doubt we would have seen as many youth youth players come through. Um, mm. And so, you, you know, your Reese James might not have made it. Uh, your Tamori might not have made it, and your Mason Mount, your Tammy Abraham. So, like, it could have been a completely different season where we we, we might have been in a worse position um, than we are today. Or if we were in maybe a better position, we might not be as happy. If that makes sense because mm-hmm. you know we might still be playing not as attractive football, whatever. Um, so, I I would say we're in a better position now. We're in a better position now because with with the youth that have come through and being in the position that we're in. Um, and, and at the beginning of a new era, it's definitely uh, stronger. Yeah, absolutely. Thank no. you, Jack. Great. Right. 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 Right.
great question to end with that, Luca. Um, yeah, so basically that that wraps it up. Um, thank you so much for coming on, Zach. It was really yeah. interesting to hear from from somebody. Well, that's come up so differently to sort of your mainstream journalist um, and a plethora of experiences, people you've worked with. Yeah, it's just it's been fantastic to have you on. Thank you so much. I appreciate it, boys. Yeah, thank you, thank you so thank much. You I appreciate much. it. Thank you. Um, and that'll be that. We'll uh, we'll let you know about. I think we've got a few potentially some more guests lined up for for the coming week. So um, just basically keep looking at the Twitter. There, that's where that's where we put everything. <laughs> Should we do plugs yes. and stuff or what? Yeah, that's all right for this week. I think. <laughs> <laughs> Unlucky then. Thank you very much for listening. Thank you.